This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, September 21st, wherever and however you are connected, Wonderful to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy reveling in last-second sports heroics, Jerem Jordan. Scott Van Pelt made the same point. It was so good last night just to feel normal life, right? There were dramatic sports. Anthony Davis at the buzzer, Lakers over the Nuggets. Mason Plumley get through a screen. Good gosh, somebody switch. And then the Seahawks, in dramatic fashion, stopped Cam Newton at the goal line. With two seconds left to secure the win. Not to mention the Dallas Cowboys pulled off the onside kick of the century. Yes, the Atlanta Falcons still don't know how to hold the lead. They didn't learn from the Super Bowl a couple years ago against the Patriots, and they apparently don't understand that in an onside kick, you can just pick it up. The other team, you could, here's also something you could literally just kick it out of bounds. Fun fact you can just kick it out of bounds. You can do that if you are the receiving team. Yes, they could have done that. Obviously, the. Other team can't do that. Pick up the ball. You don't have to wait for it to yeah. go 10 yards. Yeah. How dare you interrupt my Seahawks thing with a Cowboys reference? Well, that was calculated. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Seahawks win. 2-0, baby. Russ for MVP. Let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. Let's go. Nine TDs, 11 incompletions. <laughs> Woo! I know that's exciting, but I have something even more exciting. It's game week for BYU football. Yeah, it's not as exciting. Finally. I'm sorry. Again. It's in six days against Troy. And I'm currently wearing the BYU Football Game Day shirt. Yeah, baby. It looks nice. You can get it at the BYU store right now. Get yours. Rep the Y. Cheer on the 18th ranked Cougars wherever oh, you yeah. are. I like it. So it's the words to the fight song written, you know, with Cosmo's face. In it. I, that's cool. really cool. Yeah, very cool. I like that shirt. That's cool. It's almost as good as Quest for Perfection. <laughs> wow. Don't, don't do it. Why, why don't we bust those out this year? There's, there's, an, there's an actual opportunity against this schedule. Have you seen it? Who's BYU going to lose to? Well, Houston's a decent team. Houston doesn't even play games. They don't even know how to play. They're going to be undefeated when they uh, when, post BYU. When Houston loses, they'll be like, well, we didn't even know how to play. We forgot. <laughs> like Navy was like, we didn't tackle. We didn't, we didn't tackle in practice. That's your fault. We've got a show lineup fit for the start of another game week, including ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the rankings ceiling for BYU football in 2020. Ceiling's the roof. Michael Jordan. Do the Cougars have a shot at the top 10 if they just keep winning against this week's schedule? No, no, I'm just asking the question. Oh, well. I'm not saying they do. I'm just asking the question. That's part of the criteria of the book. <laughs> you forgot. Navy did BYU a favor on Saturday in historic fashion. We're tracking all of the BYU opponents and what they did over the weekend, plus a new possible opponent for BYU in this strange 2020 season. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU moves up three spots, number 18 in the AP poll, number 23 in the Sports Information Directors poll, known as the Coaches Poll, ahead of the Troy game this Saturday night. It's the highest BYU's been ranked in a minute, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 18's the highest since BYU's 4-0 start in 2014. So... Good stuff. Now, keep in mind it's an adjusted poll of sorts, despite what some of you tweet at me. Uh, there are four leagues not in it. So it, it's awesome. Don't get me uh, wrong. It's just a little different. Uh, of note, Troy received a vote, and UTSA of San Antonio, remember the Alamo? You remember? I do. Received 
two votes. Jerem, number 38 and 39, respectively. Of the top 25. In the top 25. That makes no sense. How about Cougars in the NFL? Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs stay unbeaten after besting Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers oh. of San Diego. Go for it in OT on fourth and one. 23 20. Sorensen had four tackles. Davis had five solo tackles. By the way, uh, Michael Davis was awesome. He like broke up a pass to Travis Kelsey and then was talking smack. And Kelsey took out his mouthpiece and was drawing back at him. I was like, look, look at Michael Davis. Dude, keep doing Make, your thing. Making plays. Keep doing your thing, Michael. Kyle Van Noy, the Miami Dolphins, had four tackles in a 31-28 loss to the Buffalo Bills. Another BYU linebacker alumnus, Fred Warner, had 12 total tackles. 49ers beat up on the Jets 31-13. Dude, it's so many many injuries. So many injuries to the Niners. I know. I I don't want anyone hurt like Niners are the rival of the Seahawks, but that was a real bummer. Brutal. Fred may have another BYU guy on the roster with him very soon because of the injuries. Ian Rappaport reporting the 49ers are flying in Ziggy Ansah okay. with the expectation to sign a contract following COVID testing. This will mark the third time the former BYU lineman as a defensive end is meeting with the Niners. Nick Bosa out with a season-ending injury, which is a real bummer. So, that's, and, and then Garoppolo and what, the, run, the running back? Mostert. Mostert, who had a 75-yard touchdown on the opening. CBS Sports College basketball analyst John Rostein picks BYU to finish second in the WCC preseason preview. He lists Caleb Lohner as one of five impact freshmen, Matt Harms and Brandon Averett, or Averett as Mark Pope calls him, uh, as impact transfers. Maybe Mark knows something we don't. And Alex Marcel is a potential breakout player. More on this later. Yeah, let's stay with college basketball. After the NCAA Division I Council announced the season delay to November 25th, the Big Sky Conference, the West Coast Conference, the Western Athletic Conference, the Big West, and the Mountain West. That's a whole lot of West. Mm-hmm. Have all had conversations in recent weeks about forming a non-conference men's basketball bubble in Las Vegas. Okay. Bubble games would allow teams to play non-league games between Thanksgiving and Christmas. There's also a possibility of bubbles popping up in Louisville Indianapolis, Asheville, and Houston. Asheville's the one that sticks out there. My dad lives there. He's from there. Hey, go don't watch games in the bubble because yeah. nobody's well, going to be able to get into them. The Maui Invite moved to Asheville. Weird, right? That's super weird. Uh, they're going to show up thinking there's beaches. They're going to be very wrong. Where's the battle for Atlantis in South Dakota? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. We didn't sign up for this. <laughs> we thought we were going to the Bahamas. <laughs> and here we are looking at wonderful yes. Mount Rushmore. And and all the Dakotas, I mean, which are beautiful in their own right, it's great. But it ain't the Bahamas. It's, it's not Can you imagine you Atlantis. sign up? You sign up for uh, you know <laughs> to go on a cruise. Yes, and they're like, oh, actually, you're going to this lake in <laughs> Minnesota or whatever. We're you're forming like, a bubble what? in Delaware. Hey, <laughs> Woo! we're in. Delaware. Where are them blue hens at? <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Game week. Again. Finally. Is it? Is it? BYU number 18 in the latest AP poll, which does not include Big Ten teams. Number 23 in the coaches poll. I know. Sports information yes, director the coaches poll. are not actually... But number 23 in that poll, which does include Big Ten teams. Jerem, what is the ceiling for BYU football in the polls in 2020? Again, Uncle Mike said it in the Dean Dome one day. He said the ceiling is the roof. No one really knows what that means. Uh, But 
I, I think BYU could get into the low teens uh, at their peak. I think the peak is this. Let's say that the Big Ten teams don't come into the poll, the AP poll specifically. We like the AP poll until the college football playoff poll comes out. So I, I think BYU is 4-0 going into October 11th's poll prior to Houston. BYU could be as high as, I don't know, 13th or something. It, it feels like it's going to be hard for BYU to crack the top 10 with this schedule. What can, who can BYU beat that can launch them high? I, the only thing BYU can't control is one winning and two margin. I, again, BYU will either lose or play a game much closer than we anticipate on one of these games not named Houston. Bank on it. Even the 84 team, oh, undefeated. They were amazing. They blew out everybody, right? No, everyone plays a close game. Recall Hawaii, 18 to 13. Recall Pitt, who went 3 7 and 1, 20 to 14 that year. BYU plays a three point game with Wyoming, a five point game at Air Force, a seven point game against a six and five Michigan team. Great teams play close games. And win close games. The point is to win. Yeah, the great teams win. The good teams just go, okay. So I I think low teens, and I'm thinking if the Big Ten's not in it until later. If the Big Ten's in it, they're like six teams that are going to jam that up for BYU. But the fact that BYU climbed three spots with Navy winning dramatically, we'll address that later. Just crazy win for them. Uh, Kenny Amatololo celebrating there. Navy's pretty good when they tackle people. I'll just say that. But it, it was good for BYU to climb a little bit. And I, I don't see the top 10 being a possibility because there's not this win that will launch BYU up. I know I said that huh, losing the Army game obviously is major stingage. But now that it's over, yeah. I did point to the fact that, look, BYU's going to be probably ranked in the top 20 unbeaten in late September, and if they beat Troy, it's going to be great. It's going to feel awesome because the Cougars are working their way up the polls. Now, how high they get is all dependent on when the Big Ten is invited back into the AP poll consideration. Are they going to have to play a game, or is it just one week before they play a game? Well, the SEC hasn't played, and they've been in it the whole time. So I'm wondering what they never canceled they though. Use. They never canceled, right? But now that the Big Ten's back, they're the same as the SEC in that that they are going to play, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wonder when the AP voters are going to be instructed to include Big Ten teams. If it's not until a week before they open up on October 24th and BYU is undefeated, then the key for the Cougars is, hey, could they sneak up to, like, number 11 or 12? Because and then they go to 19. Well, then the influx of Big Ten teams happens, but how many of those Big Ten teams will be above BYU if they are number 12? Ohio State, clearly. You'd think Michigan. You'd think Michigan's maybe probably going to be there, but Minnesota yeah. was like around 18 or 20. And the other remaining Big Ten teams are kind of floating between 15 and 25, depending on which preseason poll you looked at. So if BYU can climb higher than that number, will the Cougars remain at that number? And then the Big Ten teams push other programs that are at the back end of the poll out. This would be nice because what BYU is really good at is. is Peaking early in the season. Remember last year, BYU goes bang, two and one, two overtime wins, interest, national relevant. Da, 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 da. We're not ranked, by the 25, way. Yeah, uh, 2015, BYU throws two Hail Marys, gets lucky to some degree, catches those, amazing, uh, two and oh, ranked, awesome, loses a close one at UCLA, stays ranked, goes to Michigan, gets embarrassed, 31 nothing. 2014, four and oh, awesome. Go into October with that, uh, you know, that record the first week. That's the latest BYU's been ranked 
in the AP poll on independence. BYU does not do anything later in the season when it matters, typically. Hopefully this is the year where, because you have fewer games and an easier, easier schedule, hopefully BYU can make a splash, can be ranked, can take advantage of the situation later and be ranked and, and do something when it matters. Because it doesn't matter as much in September, although it all matters, but it matters more later. Yeah, I, th- I can see BYU climbing as high as number 12. The top 10 is a little bit of a reach. It's ambitious. BYU's not playing anybody. They don't, they don't deserve to be in the top 10. They didn't play anybody in 2001 and got as high as number 8. Right, but they were like 12-0. and 0. But they played 12 games. Yeah, more volume. Again, the, I'm telling you, the quantity thing's going to hurt BYU. they got to add games. Topic 2, ESPN's Football Power Index gives BYU the third best chance of any team to win out. In fact, the win percentage chance of each game left is 83% or better except for Houston on October 16th, which is at about 46%. Are you drinking this poison, or do you still have group of five anxiety? I still have group of five anxiety because I need to see BYU beat group of five teams consistently before that anxiety level goes down. What do you mean? They're one and oh. We've overreacted to that one. Okay, so now they're (laughs) what? uh, 12 and 12? 12 and 12. Over the last three years in one game against group of five and independent teams? Come on. Like, I need more quantity before my anxiety levels go down. That said, I have watched all of the opponents that BYU has on the schedule now by this point in the season. I don't feel as much anxiety about Western Kentucky. I just don't think that they are as strong up front as I thought they would be. And the FPI had them higher, and Bill Connolly's SB Nation, S&P Plus rankings had them. They're dropping right now. The team that does freak me out a little bit is Louisiana Tech coming off of a short week. I think they could play. They, they won a game on Saturday night without 20 players because of COVID protocol. How come they could play, but BYU couldn't? Well, they kept them all out. So depending on the circle, like depending on the contact tracing, things like that, how many people did BYU have to hold out or would they have had to hold out because of contact tracing? Like if that's upwards of 30 or 40. more than 20? You're not playing a game. Yeah. We've been told a number and yeah, but. So Louisiana Tech wins that game with 20 players and a good deal of their first teamers. Like so, they they won that team with they won that game with backups. Like, what's Louisiana Tech going to be dramatically? By the way, it when was they incredible. Have, oh, great, great it was catch! A fourth fourth down. and goal, toe tap in the back of the end zone with 16 seconds yeah, left. So my group of five anxiety levels now the highest with them because if they're healthy and they have everybody available and they're still winning games with their backups, then they they're okay. They, they've got some depth and they've got a good coaching staff as well. You got yeah. a good coach. It's, they're uh, the one traveling on a short. Skip Holtz. It's yeah. Lou Holtz's son. Skip Holtz. There you go. So, like, they do have to come to Pro Bowl, but it is a short week, uh, and I'm wondering what they're going to be like with all of their first-teamers. Here's why this year is different than previous years with the Group of Five thing. By the time BYU gets to these Group of Five games, they are beat up, man. They have played three or four P5s in a row at the beginning of the season. They've lost someone significant to uh, an injury or two or three. BYU didn't even need to play a game for that to happen this year. Right. Um, and when you get to these group of five games, Toledo and South Florida, BYU's playing with certain backups at certain positions, and they're just kind of beat up already. BYU will not have that this year, which is a positive in this conversation. Also, I don't know that BYU's playing, besides Houston, a team that, that was uh, P5 equivalent that gave BYU a hard time anyway, for example, like a Boise State, right? So BYU, I think, can really focus on these games and the level of emotional and physical investment they used to put into, say, what would have been this year, Utah and Minnesota and Boise State and so on, they can put into Navy and Houston and La Tech, right? 
I think this is going to be different. I think this year is the year where BYU doesn't have the group of five issues, and I'm drinking the poison a little bit because of what I just mentioned. They don't have to worry about any P5s on the schedule right now and or real threats to group of best of group of five teams. BYU's not playing UCF. BYU's not playing Boise State. They're playing Western Kentucky and La Tech, and these teams that you did not think about at all until they're on the schedule, and then you go, oh, I guess they're actually good. It's different. BYU can win all these games, including Houston. So let's hope, let's hope that they do and they don't have a slip-up. But I do expect there to be some close games, game or games. Like I mentioned, even the great teams. Go look at Clemson, Alabama. They, even, they have to win uh, close games, too. They lose games, too. Games. I meant game. And then they get into their championship game. They win it. They get in the playoff. Maybe anxiety is a good thing. I'm actually okay if BYU feels a little bit of it because that means the urgency. Oh, hopefully they're feeling anxiety. I'm asking you. And the attention is there. I, yeah. Who, yeah. They, if they don't sure. feel the anxiety. Louisiana Tech, Houston, yeah. Like, I, I feel the anxiety levels because I know what could happen if BYU does win all of those games. Right. And BYU hasn't done jack squat right now. You know who was? You know who's ranked as well? Louisiana. Like it's not like BYU's done anything. UTSA is receiving votes for the first time in program history. Right. Winning one game was awesome. That was great. I don't want BYU football to be like, sweet. When are we going to peak this year in September? I want BYU to be. Oh, we have meaningful, sustained, relevant seasons. We don't talk about dates. We talk about ma- uh, happy marriage. Be four and zero, ranked number fourteen, going into Houston. Let's go. Our question of the day. What is the ceiling for BYU football in the college football polls of 2020? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Drew underscore Hagan answers on Twitter. Based on the strong showing against Navy, as well as the very talented team this year, a top 15 finish is realistic for BYU this year. Listen, they're not going to play like that every game. That was an incredible performance, but it did show us what BYU is capable of. So then we kind of raised the ceiling up a little bit, like, oh, maybe BYU is going to be better than we thought. I wouldn't negatively overreact if the same thing happened. Or, no, I would, actually. But I wouldn't want to, based on one performance. I want to see BYU play several games and then go, okay, is this team legit or not? We think that BYU is pretty good right now, and so does the nation. It's validating to see that number 18 up there. Absolutely. Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, did the ranking feel better this week than last week? Uh, I think you know our answer to that question. Plus, Trevor Maddich of ESPN joins us for another Maddich Monday. Where does he have BYU peaking potentially in the polls in 2020? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch Coordinator's Corner today right after the show. Gregor Bell chats with Coordinators Jeff Grimes and Ed Lamb, 1 Eastern on the BYU TV app. We are live on a Monday in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom is Trevor Maddich for another Maddich Monday on BYUSN ESPN College Football Insider and National Champion. Trevor, great to have you back here. I just hope you got enough sleep over the weekend, unlike a Georgia Tech fan who fell asleep in the middle of the game and you happened to tweet that out i know i felt for that guy because he 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 was sound asleep during the game and i felt like i needed to be asleep it feels like a normal football weekend which for me feels like i'm incredibly sleep deprived going on 10 minutes of sleep half the time so for the night 
So that's actually a good feeling for me, and I'm happy to have it. That poor Georgia Tech fan, though. Georgia Tech was getting blistered by UCF at home. And there was a Georgia Tech fan who was wearing a Georgia Tech mask who found a way to fold his arms, lean back across the bleachers behind him, and fall sound asleep. <laughs> now, I, he became a national meme. I said it out right away because I thought it was rather hilarious. Uh, but I don't blame it because Georgia Tech, if you're a student there and you're not about to fall asleep at all times because of what it takes to be able to pass those tough Georgia Tech courses, uh, then you're not studying hard enough. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it was hilarious, but I give him credit for being a Georgia Tech guy. Hey, UCF's got an open date on November 7th, and BYU fans keep clamoring for a date with them. Uh, does BYU want UCF on November 7th? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, as long as UCF doesn't think that BYU is a filet fish sandwich, uh, of course, that, that's a throwback to a few weeks ago. <laughs> but I think uh, UCF and BYU would actually be a very interesting matchup, Evan. I think that UCF would want BYU then if UCF is ranked when they get there, especially if they're undefeated, and if BYU is ranked. Because UCF wants to make not just the New Year's Six, they want to make the playoffs. And with the reemergence of the Big Ten, it is going to be more difficult for UCF as a member of the Group of Five to get into the top four, to get into the playoff. They would need a, every ranked victory they could get. So BYU could actually make themselves very attractive to UCF if they especially go undefeated. But if BYU is ranked, when it comes time to consider scheduling that game. BYU up to number 18 in the AP poll. Normally we'd be celebrating this like it was this massive deal. It is a cool thing, no doubt, but without four leagues participating, the Big Ten says it's coming back. We'll see with the Pac-12. Big Ten's still not in the poll. Uh, BYU climbs three spots thanks to a Navy win in part. Uh, what do you think of number 18 in the AP poll right now? I think it's great. I think it's validation for all the hard work these guys have been putting in, not just the players but the coaching staff as well. There's been a lot of criticism that the program hasn't really gotten – off the ground the way they wanted to under Coach Kalani Sataki. And I think this is validation that it is moving in the right direction, that they are filling out this roster with national caliber players. And they're doing it not by recruiting the five stars or even the four stars. They're doing it by bringing in great athletes who are great people and then using that second part of it to mold them into outstanding college football players. And, and you know, what it means relative to – the Big Ten, the Pac-12 not being in the polls right now is not really relevant to me because the teams that are playing are the teams that BYU is competing with from that standpoint. And this is, I think, fruit on the tree that the players can have knowing that this coaching staff knows what they're doing and that the recruits can have knowing that they can go play for BYU and be on a ranked team. ESPN's Trevor Maddox with us on BYU Sports Nation. For what it's worth, the coaches' poll includes the Big Ten teams, and they ranked BYU number 23. You mean the sports information director's poll? Well, technically it's called the coaches' poll, but hey, (laughs) number 23 with the Big Ten. Trevor, what's the ceiling for BYU once the Big Ten returns and if and when the Pac-12 tries to fit themselves into national relevance and rankings? Well, if you you – assume hypothetically that BYU wins out. I think the ceiling is probably high teens because all, all of a sudden when the big 10 starts to play, they'll have probably six teams that are ranked immediately and you'll have some cannibalism in there in the, in the ACC or the AAC. Uh, They've got three teams that are ranked right now. The lowest one is number 17. And I think that 
BYU, if they keep winning, will stay in the poll. But again, when you add all those Power 5 teams in that are traditional names that are traditionally ranked high, if those teams keep winning, they'll move ahead of BYU, and they should because BYU, because of COVID and the changes in scheduling, has lost their opportunity to prove themselves against the likes of teams that would have been ranked like Minnesota. So that's a tough thing. But either way, to, to win games and hang around in the pole, that's what you need. Remember, everything's a building block, and everything goes back to recruiting and it goes back to belief. The players have believed in Coach Sataki and this staff since they got in here. And so there's not a problem with that. But I think from a standpoint of the recruits that want to be able to compete at the high level, BYU ranked takes away one of the negative recruiting points. So staying there as long as possible is important. And they can stay there all season, even with the addition of the Big Ten, and even if the Pac-12 comes back. You played on the only undefeated team in BYU history in 1984, winning the national championship. You went from unranked to national champ. Auburn did that in, what, 2011? They were the first team to do that since BYU. So give us a sense of what it would take for BYU to have a quote-unquote special season against a schedule. I'm going to put on the blue goggles here. Against a schedule that ESPN FPI says BYU has a chance to win uh, the rest of the games except for Houston by 83% or better. Hmm. That worries me. That worries me because the, most of the teams that BYU faces have athletes that can beat BYU. Maybe not 11 for 11, some of them, but one-on-one. They have individual players that can go out there. You can game plan for those guys. They can cause you fits, and it could be trouble. I don't want to put the pressure on BYU that if they don't win out, it's not a special season. It will be very difficult for them to win out, and it will be a tremendous accomplishment even against this schedule, especially considering what they're facing in terms of this crazy season. But I think Houston is probably the biggest obstacle to that. I mean, FPI, Football Power Index, does say that Houston, I think, is is, is favored, right? Yes. In that game in Houston, if it comes off. And that will be a feather of BYU's cap if they're able to pull that off, and it will give the pollsters another opportunity to look at BYU as a team that is worthy of being ranked, even if it is only in the late teens and in the early 20s. Again, it doesn't matter where they're ranked. If they're able to stay ranked, then those dominoes fall their way for another recruiting cycle. Trevor, right now, focus for BYU football on the Troy Trojans coming off their season opening win over a bad Middle Tennessee team, 47-14. The Trojans come to Provo, set to play on Saturday night. What did you learn about Troy having watched them take on that uh, team from Middle Tennessee? Yeah, Middle Tennessee doesn't have their best roster this year. But at the same time, though, Troy is Troy. Troy's a team from Alabama that brings in those guys with a chip on their shoulder that wanted to go to Alabama and Auburn but didn't quite make it because they can only sign 25 a year or they can only have 25 additional scholarships a year. There's ways to fudge it uh, that you can gray shirt and some other things. But those, those athletes on that Troy team showed me against Middle Tennessee, first of all, that they're physical. They ran the ball 55 times, averaged about four and a half a carry, but they didn't bust off a lot of long runs. They busted off a bunch of 10-yard runs, 15-yard runs, that kind of a thing. But just over the course of 55 carries, they hammered it. And so it'll be a physical test for BYU. And then Troy was also very efficient in the passing game. Once again, they didn't have the the big, long strikes, but they had a very good completion percentage. They threw for 200-some yards, and it was the kind of a passing game that can give you fits if you have to sell out to the line of scrimmage to stop the run. This will be a very good test for BYU. And if they're able to win it, will be a quality win, but that's a big if because Troy is a worthy opponent. 
And when you look at uh, what BYU hopes to do in this game that they did in the first game, it's dominate on the offensive line. And Trevor, it will have been 19 days before games. It's been, a, it's been 19 years since BYU had that big of a gap between games due to the COVID cancellation with the Army. So what do you expect from BYU? Do you expect uh, rust, rest, other? Uh, maybe a tad of rust a little bit. I think that uh, they won't use that as an excuse, and they shouldn't, just like you shouldn't use it as an excuse that BYU pounded Navy because Navy apparently didn't hit as much in practice as, as a lot of people thought they should have. That's unfair to BYU. BYU went out there and, and was the physical team, and I think that game happened the way it, it should have happened. And this game will happen the way it should happen. I expect that the running game will be solid as long as they can keep running backs upright and not injured. But I think the running game will take the next step. The passing game is what needs to take the next step, really. Because you've got an experienced quarterback in Zach Wilson, a guy with a tremendous arm, a guy that's able to move. But he still doesn't have the chemistry, at least not based on the Navy game, that he needs to have with a lot of his new receivers, young receivers, especially with tight end Matt Bushman out. This offense will work at its best when the quarterback can drop back and know where to throw, not based on the open guy he sees but nowhere to throw based on what he sees the coverage is. See the coverage, throw to a spot on time, trust the receiver to be there. That takes time. And with the, the limited spring practice, limited summer, and only one game under their belt, they're not going to have that kind of chemistry in the passing game yet with all the turnover at the receiver position. So what I want to see in this game is more chemistry, more timing throws, more trust between the quarterback and receivers. Trevor, where do you expect BYU to have the most – uh, dominating edge against Troy on Saturday night? I think it's going to be on the linebacker and middle of the defense. I think Kairos Tonga is so much fun for me to watch. At the same time, he's terrifying for me to watch because I played center. And that kind of guy, just I mean, would make me three inches shorter by the time the game is over. And I love watching him play because people bounce off him. You know, just like you're throwing – throwing pebbles at Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 70s. It, it's it's hilarious to watch that happen. I know it takes a lot of work and it hurts. It still hurts for him, but he's great to watch. And then the linebacking core for BYU, and I would include the safeties in this because a lot of those guys are interchangeable, are so fast and so deep with playmakers. And I think that's going to be the biggest edge that BYU will have. Troy is used to being the fastest team when they're not playing necessarily a power five school. They're going to meet a BYU defense that has the speed to be able to run with them. NFL teams uh, through two weeks, there's some 0-2 teams. Sometimes one of these makes the playoffs or makes it interesting. Do you have an 0-2 NFL team that you think still has a shot at the playoffs? Well, I hate to say this, but I'd say the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate to say this because I, I <laughs> you know, I played for the Washington football team back when they used to have a different <laughs> name than that. And, and so the division teams, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants, I, I just, it's hard for me to be um, balanced in my analysis of them because of my emotional connection to <laughs> wanting to see abhorrent things on the field happen to them. But I am balanced about it because that's my job. It's just like when I talk about Utah. I'm fair to Utah. I do telestrator breakdowns about good things that they do. Not on and, this show, uh, you don't. <laughs> no, uh, but I do. So, so putting on my analyst hat, Philadelphia, just because, you know, the, the game they lost to the Rams this week, um, you know, that was the hot Rams team all the way across the country. I get that. The opener is what really hurt them 
because they lost to the Washington football team, but Philadelphia's offensive line was decimated by injuries. They had a their right tackle get hurt. They had a rookie fourth-round draft choice starting over there. They had uh, their left tackle was actually the 38-year-old they signed off the street to back up their right guard who was injured, who then had to move to left tackle. They had put in another right guard, and the big matchup, advantage for the Washington football team with that was that their defensive line has five first round draft choices, including Chase Young from Ohio State this year, second pick in the draft. So that that is something that I think will settle in as guys get healthy on the line, as they start to figure out what to do, the guys that do have to play, I think Philly will kind of get back to where there'll be a danger in that division because that division right now is rather abysmal. Trevor Maddox, the consummate pro, sharing his unbiased opinion, yes, even about the Philadelphia Eagles. And I hope, I am hoping you get a nap at some point, if it's not today, tomorrow, or Wednesday, Trevor, because you've earned it. Spencer, I will. Uh, February. <laughs> Here's to February. That's right. Because I will get a nap. I'll get a good night's sleep in February as long as the college football season continues, as we hope it will. So here's the hoping I'm exhausted. Amen to that. Thanks, Trevor. All right, thanks. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. Yeah, he's referring to ESPN and breaking that down. Uh, That won't happen on this program. That's a guarantee. Or your money back. Uh, Coming up, BYU past and future opponents crushed it over the week. And has BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo been on the phone this morning with a possible new opponent? Because somebody else says they're coming back to play. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. After further review returns tomorrow, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon break down the X's and O's, the schematics going into the Cougars and Troy Trojans, Tuesday night, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. This is BYU Sports Nation. Time now for the Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Last week, BYU was ranked 21st. We said, eh, they should feel better, but they are playing Army. We felt kind of down. BYU is 18th this week and has a game. Are you feeling better? Yes, I am feeling better. BYU jumped three spots. They had their highest ranking since 2014, and they're 1-0. It's late September. They're unbeaten, baby. Yeah, I'm feeling better about it. I'd have loved to beat an army and have some more credence to it, but I'm liking the number 18. I'm not big on the 1-0 unbeaten thing. I need two games, but no, I, I am feeling better. Mainly because it's game week. There was such disappointment last week. Uh, also, I look I look uh, like I need to hit the tanning salon compared to you right now. Well, this could be lighting in the studio. <clears throat> I think it is lighting. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bright here. <laughs> I need some uh, darker makeup. Hey, remember UMass, Jerem? UMass football saying they now intend to play a limited number of football games this fall. Okay. If you're Tom Holmo. I have four Super Bowl rings suddenly. Have you already made that call? <sighs> Maybe. I, I guess, yes. I'll argue the thing that I've been saying, which is quantity is important here as well as quality. Obviously, BYU at the end of the season, if they run the table or only have one loss and want a better bowl game, they're going to need the quantity of games, also the quality. If BYU really wants to make New Year's Six, they got to have a few more opponents on there that kind of pop. Houston pops. The Navy win pops because a decent opponent with a big margin, but I think BYU needs to add some games. Yes. Louisiana Tech is okay, but if we're talking pop, BYU needs a ranked team. They need UCF. 
Yep. They need Marshall, for crying out loud, who was ranked number 25 this Just week. beat App State. Or they need to reschedule Army, who is still ranked number 22. There needs to be some pop. So if BYU's going to go get UMass, then you have to balance that with an Army, Marshall, or UCF. But hey, we've been told they're going to reschedule it. Then reschedule it. November 28th, people. CBS College Hoops insider John Rothstein had zero Cougars in his preseason WCC first team. Which BYU Hoopster has the best chance of proving Rothstein wrong? It's Matt Harms. This is strange to me because the West Coast Conference features 10 players on the first team. It's not first and second team. Oh, it wasn't five? It's just 10 first teamers. Like, you're telling me Matt Harms is not going to be one of those 10? Oh, he's got five, but the actual West Coast Conference does ten. So you're telling me Matt Harms is not going to be one of the ten best players in the West Coast Conference? Come on. Now, if it's Rothstein's five, maybe not. But Matt Harms is going to be the closest guy for BYU, maybe Alex Barcelo. Yeah, I I don't know that BYU is going to have a great player on the team. Now, don't get me wrong when I say this. I think BYU have more very good players than they did last year. I think BYU had three great players on the team last year in uh, Yoli Childs and T.J. House and Jake Toulson. I think that the collective will be stronger than last year's team. Hopefully that means they are as good as a, of a team. Yeah, Matt Harms, he might be the defensive player of the year in the conference. He might be, yeah. Raiders coach, as we switch back to football, John Gruden said Taysom Wait, Hill you say it like is a weapon, a special teams demon, and a great football player. He's a football player. In the lead-up to tonight's Raiders-Saints Monday Night Football game, what will John Gruden be saying about Taysom after tonight's game? I like that guy, man. I can't believe that someone blocked a punt and scored a rushing, receiving, and passing touchdown in the same game. That's incredible. That would be unbelievable if that happened. And if that happens, then uh, Taysom Hill is going to be the guy with more total yards than Jamal Williams, according to one of our prop bets, right? Uh, John Gruden will be saying the same things about Taysom Hill. He, what did he say? He said they, they have a great... Uh, play package to take you off of his scent. scent. Yes, that's great. They can disguise him in so many you different don't know ways. How he's be used. So I expect John Gruden to say, Taysom Hill was who we thought he was. We won't do that full quote because BYU TV. Which Cougar in the NFL had the best weekend? It was Daniel Sorensen again. The Chiefs haven't lost a game since November 10th of last year. They're the reigning Pretty Super good. Bowl champions. His best buddy on the team, Harrison Butker. Kicked the game-winning field goal. Butt kicker seven. That's a real thing. Harrison Butker, best (laughs) bud of Daniel Sorensen. Feeling good? Yes, it was Daniel Sorensen. He had four tackles, but more importantly, Jeremy, his team won, and they haven't lost in almost a year. Yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, I think the answer is Sione Takitaki. Here's why. He didn't play this weekend, and he beat a rival on Thursday, and he could just enjoy the weekend. Okay. I think it's Sione. And Sione's doing a nice job. Uh, I think he has 12 tackles in the first two games. Obviously, the Browns are going to Brown. Uh, but uh, hopefully, Sione continues to get more PT because he didn't get a ton last year. But now in year two, uh, he's he's getting uh, a lot more run. And the he's Browns, got that fun name, right? The Browns gave up 30 to the Bengals and still won. <laughs> How about that? Ian Rappaport reporting the San Francisco 49ers are flying Ziggy Ansa in to meet with team officials intending to sign him. Assuming he passes COVID protocols. Are the 49ers a good fit for Ziggy? Uh, yes, I, th- I think so. He played with the Seahawks last year, NFC West, some familiarity there. Obviously, Nick Bosa going down with an ACL is a massive bummer for the 49ers. So, yeah, they need a defensive end. And peak Ziggy was really, really good. He is a little far from that version of himself, but hopefully he can have some success, but not too much success against the Seahawks. 
I just want him to stay healthy. Yeah, it's a great fit because the 49ers need somebody to fill a massive void. So opportunity knocks for Ziggy Ansah. Why not do it in San Francisco? Okay, coming up, two future opponents won dramatically over the weekend. And which BYU opponent is 0 for 2 without playing a game? What? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, it's been 19 days between games for BYU coming up Saturday night. Let's find out from Kalani Sitake how this team has prepared for the Troy game with the layoff, 8.30 Eastern on his show. Tomorrow night, the coach and Greg chat about it on the BYU TV app, 8.30 Eastern. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live in Studio B. We are tracking Cougar opponents on a Monday, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Okay, remember how Navy didn't tackle anybody and then they got blown out against BYU? Well, they bounced back because they were down 24 nothing at halftime, and they said, you know what, enough is enough. We're the Navy. Let's go. Uh, they scored 27 straight points, including a walk-off field goal to win it. Uh, against Tulane on the road. Big win for Navy. Congratulations. That helped BYU uh, go up in the polls. Next up, bye week, then Air Force on October 3rd. Air Force has been able to prepare for Navy this whole time. The Commander-in-Chief's trophy will be played for in 2020. Well, we'll see. They need to kick off first. I, 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 this is how I'm approaching it. Oh, yeah, we're playing. Well, when we kick off, that's when we're playing. There's some uh, real validity to that. Houston mindset. and Baylor were supposed to play a game, and they we'll get to it, but... And they didn't. Troy opened their season at Middle Tennessee and did so in dominating fashion, 47-14, albeit facing a less than formidable Blue Raiders team. They're so bad. Troy outscored MTSU 33-0 in the second and third quarters alone. How dare you use a soccer pun? Said that one baseball fan on BYU TV on Twitter to you a few years ago. Troy receiving a vote (laughs) in the top 25. Number 39, Jerem. Okay. They traveled to Provo on Saturday for BYU's home opener, a battle of unbeatens. Okay, we'll break it down this week, but Ryan Pugh, former BYU offensive line coach for a year, two years ago, is the OC at Troy. They do a nice job on offense, dude. I really like their creativity. McLean, their receiver, was really good. Smith is a 1,000-yard back that's joining them from yeah. an ACL tear uh, last year where he only played two games. Quarterback has some experience, so... They're they're sneaky. Yes. Like Troy is sneaky, man. I BYU opened as a sixteen point favorite, by the way. I think it's too much. Down to fourteen. That seems uh, more I'm, like it. I'm not yeah, I'm not in the seventeen plus category on this one, but I do think BYU should win by double digits. Okay, Louisiana Tech beat Southern Miss. Dramatic fashion. This is one of the most incredible finishes to any game I've ever seen. Fourth and goal. Griffin Hebert with sixteen seconds left. Touches a toe down in the back of the end zone to tie the game. PAT won at thirty one thirty. Bulldogs host Houston Baptist at home Friday night. That was wild. Is it A-Bear like Bobby A-Bear? Maybe it's A-Bear. Regardless, it was an amazing catch. He burnt. <laughs> I like that more. <laughs> Louisiana Tech, be undefeated when you come to Provo on October 2nd. All BYU does is host undefeated teams. And guess what? BYU is going to host an undefeated UTSA team as well. Because their schedule is not getting any tougher. <laughs> BYU's going to fly. Listen to this. There's a real shot that BYU's first five games could happen against unbeaten teams. <laughs> yes, and the college football playoff will be like, listen, listen, they've beaten all undefeated teams. And they're like, who'd they beat? That doesn't matter. Don't worry about no, it. Seriously, Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, and Houston. The next four opponents very well could Houston's, be unbeaten opponents. Houston's beaten without playing a game. 
<laughs> which we'll get to in a moment. UTSA rallies. They had to rally, but they did it. They beat Stephen F. Austin 24-10. They had to rally against Stephen F. Austin. Down early. One man. The Roadrunners, now 2-0, received votes in the AP poll for the first time in program history. Two votes to be exact. They're number 38 for those counting. Okay. UTSA will host 0-2 Middle Tennessee State on Friday and win by 17-plus. Yes, they will. Thank you for jumping on the bandwagon. Um, I, UTSA is fun because Frank Harris threw for 269, ran for 104 as well. So uh, some real versatility there on the quarterback. End. UTSA was supposed to play Memphis, but Memphis is still struggling with their COVID party bus rumor situation. The Provo party kids went there too? So UTSA is like, hey, Middle <laughs> Tennessee, you have an opening you want to play, and they're playing. Okay, Houston, we've teased it. Had its second game postponed or canceled due to COVID at Baylor. This time it was Baylor swap. Uh, the Red Cougars host North Texas Saturday in the season opener. Houston needs to be good for BYU. They, they're probably the best team on the schedule. So Houston needs to do something. And by something, I mean play a game and win. Yes, please. The Texas State Armadillos. Oh, I'm sorry. That's from the movie Unnecessary. <laughs> nice. The Texas State Bobcats get their first win of the season, 38-17 over Louisiana Monroe. The Warhawks, dude. That's one of the best in FBI. It really is. The Bobcats 1-2. and two. They lost to SMU and lost a heartbreaker in double overtime to UTSA, but get the win against the Warhawks. They play at Boston College on Saturday. Western Kentucky drops to 0-2. They lost 30-24 to Liberty, an idea. The Hilltoppers look to beat up on Middle Tennessee, who apparently is playing (laughs) everyone in FBS this season but BYU, on October 3rd. Middle Tennessee plays Troy twice. That's fun. Who, Who was it? Was it Liberty, New Mexico State played twice? Two yes. years ago or something? Yes. A home and road hey, in the same listen, season. Listen, if BYU needs quantity, that's not out of the question. They could play someone twice. Why not play Liberty? Why is Liberty dodging BYU? I don't know that they are. North the, Alabama. Things got weird at Liberty over the summer. I'm not sure BYU wanted to play like it. Who knows? Who knows? North Alabama will wait another week before opening their season against Liberty of all I, teams. Listen, there's a connective tissue here between Middle Tennessee and Liberty. They are the the seamstress of FBS. <laughs> and Army, while not playing this week, remained 22 in the AP poll. We'll see if that game gets rescheduled. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to include Army in this until they're officially off the schedule. But great. They're officially off for me. A great point brought up by Andy Schmickle is his name at Goalie oh, Andy LAX. what? Schmickle. Schmickle. Yes. Not- Smickle? No. Nope. Schmickle? Schmickle. Okay. Okay. I like that. Army going to be all over getting UMass on the schedule so they have an excuse for ducking BYU. <laughs> nice. Hey, maybe they do. Okay, coming up, what is the ceiling for BYU in the rankings? And anchors away for my rise and shout out. This is BYU Sports Nation. Liberty. Middle Tennessee. Just weaving through FBI. Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation continues with, yes, your daily reminder. The show available anytime you want it on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and please subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, what is the ceiling for BYU football in the college football polls of 2020? It's number one, Spencer. They're We're undefeated. pulling an 84. They're undefeated. We're doing this again. They got to be in the playoffs. Restoration of all things, brother. 
April Chessman Kirsten Chancers no. on Facebook. Okay, Jerem, grab those blue goggles. Okay. After BYU completely dominates all of their opponents, they will climb all the way to number 10. 10 10's not uh, crazy unrealistic. I think it, that'd be pretty high. You just need some other teams to cannibalize each other within conference, which probably right. will happen. Maybe the SEC, yeah, eats its own or whatever. But, yeah, the Big Ten's going to influence this negatively for BYU. If the Big Ten was not playing, top 10 would be a, yeah. there would no, be a just, chance for just sure. Just get high enough that some of those Big Ten teams start below BYU. Some of them, yes. Yes, not not all of them. And like Iowa State, sorry, uh, no, who was the, no, the Big Ten of the play. The, yeah, the Big 12 is not like getting in the way a ton. Here. Clearly not. Like Iowa State's like, see ya, after losing to, uh, who did they lose to? Uh, Louisiana, Louisiana or something? I think the Big Ten, or sorry, the Big 12 has fewer teams receiving votes than the Sun Belt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Louisiana's in there, one in double OT or OT yeah. against Georgia State. Weird, crazy. Oh, yeah. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, from at HDRob83092 on Instagram. Based on opponents currently on the schedule, 15th. Tom Holmo will need to add a couple of quality opponents to keep this ranking once the Big Ten starts up. Trust in Tom and go Cougs. Yeah, Tom's job is not to win games. Tom's job is to get Kalani to win games, right? But Tom's job relative to the schedule in the season is to schedule games. And then it's Kalani's job to win, right? And then Tom to hold Kalani accountable, and then the university to hold Tom accountable, and so on. Um, let's see if BYU adds games. Marshall, Army, or UCF? Just give me one of the three. You, yeah, yes, yes. Those are games of, of at least some note. But are we waiting for BYU just to hope that some are reschedulable based on COVID or something? I don't know. I don't know. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Mine goes to sports. It felt pretty normal last night. It felt like we had the NFL and we had Major League Baseball and we had the NBA playoffs and, and drama and, and crazy human interest stories like the terrible news of James White and his parents getting in a car accident and his dad dying yesterday. Just it, sports, fe- and that's you know sad for James White, absolutely. But it felt like we had games and storylines and that, that felt nice. Sure. Mine goes to Navy for the comeback. The middies never say die. It's fun to see Ken Niamatololo dance after that historic comeback. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. Hey, sorry to Dennis Pitta. No time, brother. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Scott Arlano. Join Greg Rebell on Coordinator's Corner up next on the BYU TV app. Hey, there's Jeff Grimes. Go Cougs.